Hi, this is Sal Mayorana. Your Buffalo Bills breakdown is coming right up after this message from our sponsor, Rochester Flooring, Kitchen and Bath. We felt that we needed to grow and diversify into the kitchen and bath. We've been a carpet and flooring specialist for many, many years. The addition of the kitchen and bath division has been a great addition. You know, we're the doctor of flooring and remodeling, and we want to prescribe the right product for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Buffalo Bill's Breakdown, sponsored by Rochester Flooring, Kitchen and Bath. I'm Sal Mayorana, joined again, as always, by Leo Roth on a lovely Thursday afternoon. And uh, Bills are playing the Broncos, and it's another big... <laughs> It's a broken record there. They're all big games now when you're 7-3, and they are in this playoff hunt. There's no doubt they have the third best record in the conference. So they're firmly inside the bubble. But, Leo, the, the junior varsity is over. Uh, Miami mm -hmm. was the last game that we figured was going to be an easy one. And I'm going to point it out right now. You may agree or disagree. This Denver game, do not think this is going to be a walkover. This is a 3-7 team, Leo, yeah. that I think could give the Bills a lot of trouble Sunday afternoon. They better play well to win. Well, this starts a stretch uh, defensively. I know everyone that was great. Hey, props to the Bills and Josh Allen against the Miami Dolphins. They, they finally did what we've been asking them to do, waiting, waiting. They won a game convincingly against a, a vastly inferior foe. It was great to see. I, yep. I really, I really, it was a great, nice, it was really nice. To, that was that, that's the mark of a, a team that's, that's finally getting up to its potential. Now, yes, defensively, Sal, he's not even any. I'm, I'm counting the Jets game as Absolutely well. Absolutely, the Jets game. They they have a they were defensively. They face every one of these teams are in the top 15. I think three of them might be in the top 10, uh, nearing the including the, Denver. The, yes. So this Denver starts a real gauntlet of a real test. I'm glad the I'm glad uh, Allen and the offense got uh, got to flex their muscles yeah. and maybe got some confidence going because it re gets really really hard from here on out and it's a uh, the, the, the flip side here, Sal, is it's a, it's a chance for the Bills to quiet all the critics. Yeah, and, and there's been a lot, lot of them, and there's a lot of them out there. There so are a lot of critics. I mean, let, them, uh, let, let them do it. Boom, here you go. Sh shut everybody up. Every point that was made coming off this game against Miami, I just spent an hour doing this uh, a little while ago. Every point that was made was, well, it was against the Dolphins, though. So mm -hmm. Josh Allen won AFC Player of the Week, but it was against it was the only, Dolphins. It was the big butt. Yeah, right? they held them to 23 rushing yards, but it was the Dolphins. So I think a lot of the issues that fans were worried about before the Miami game are still sort of there. I mean, again, they beat the Dolphins, like you said, as they should have in a one-sided game, and a lot of guys played well. But, you know, Josh Allen still had times where you just scratch your head and wonder how he could throw a pass that was so bad. He made some nice throws in the game, ended up with three touchdowns. The run defense didn't even count last week. Miami is so bad yeah. running the football. You and I could have gained 23 yards, I think. They're down to their third running back. I mean, where it's you, just where, horrendous. Where um, so I'm not saying the run defense is fixed yet. The pass rush, they got seven sacks, but you know what? Miami's offensive line, A, is terrible, and the Bills did a lot of blitzing last week because they realized the only way that Fitz can hurt us is if he has time to throw. Their front four really hadn't been generating great pressure this year. Yeah. They decide to blitz, and all of a sudden they get seven sacks because Miami couldn't handle it. So yeah. there's a long way of saying, never mind that game. It was nice. They did what they had to do. But things are going to get a whole lot tougher. And I still think, Leo, a lot of players said it in the locker room, they have not played anywhere close to a full game yet. Last week came close except for special teams, which so there you go. So is, is what ruined the point this week. It wasn't complete. They need to start playing complete games in all three phases if they're going to start winning the games now that are really going to test them. And they've got some big tests coming up. 
Yeah, and I, and I uh, you know, big theme, I know you wrote about it today, about the identity of this team, Sal, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, just when you, you know, every game is a, a game plan thing, and, and uh, McDermott and, and uh, Dayball are so big in this, and Leslie Frazier included. You know, every, you know, they're going to do something for that particular opponent. And, and it obviously it makes sense. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not any big news here. This is what football coaches do, teams have to do. Um, to scheme and all that good stuff, uh, on and on and on. And then the flip side of that is, you know, once you settle on something that you do really well, and I asked several players this yesterday in the, in the room, you know, do something well. Back in the, I tell you what, offensively, back in the, uh, in the Marv Levy, K-Gun, Super Bowl era, I'm going to tell you what, they ran about six plays and they ran them really well <laughs> with some really incredible players. <laughs> and, it was, and it was Marv's old uh, bromide, you know, it's not, what you, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And, and they just really were able to, Tell teams, hey, come stop us, and most of them couldn't at the, yeah, time. At the time. So I, I don't know what it, I don't know what it's gonna. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I, I would hate to see, you know, we go into this game now. They're Denver, like you said, three and seven, dangerous team. Lost a lot of close games. Um, really good defense, so-so uh, offense. Um, a young quarterback that they, they can they can. I like to see him keep blitzing this guy. Yeah, go I after agree. him. On, you know, go go throw do that same game plan. Go after them. Be aggressive. I, don't sit back. Offensively now, sell. Josh Allen himself says it. I love, I love up tempo, no huddle. He's like he wants to be like a, it's almost like a young Jim Kelly. I said this really fits him. Mm -hmm. He loves being aggressive. It, it, it something really clicked when he was doing that. Now, can you do it against uh, a defense a with defense. Von Miller and better defensive backs and the whole? I mean, some some of those. The, some of the, the, I mean, John Brown had a field day against that secondary last week, so we'll see. They've got a good secondary against uh, this week against Denver. Um, let's talk about the offensive side of it. Um, I, I wrote this story as you as you alluded to today. The Bills have been one of the most diverse teams in the league in terms of who's on the field at any given time. And what's interesting about it, Leo, is that a lot of teams have had a bunch of injuries, so they've been forced to use different players yeah. in different personnel groupings. The Bills are the healthiest team in the NFL. So all these personnel groupings, they have the, they've used the fourth most in the NFL. And it's not out of necessity because of injuries. It's by choice. He's like a mad scientist, Brian Dable. And like you said, he game plans specifically for the matchups each week, which is how he learned to do it when mm -hmm. he was in. That's what the Patriots do. It's exactly what the Patriots do. You never, the, the Patriots really, Leo, never had a true identity on offense or defense. They really didn't. You know, like the Bears, the Bears of 85 were just a rock'em, sock'em. You knew exactly what that defense was. The Bills offense, that was the K-Gun offense. Here it is, try to stop us. The Patriots don't do that. Every week is different for them. That's exactly what Dable was doing in his game plan. So, to your point, do the same thing you did last week. I agree with you. <laughs> I think last week should have been an indication to Dable, keep your best players on the field. Stop screwing around with Lee Smith. And bringing in, you know, Robert Foster, who, Duke Williams, whoever it is. They used John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Isaiah McKenzie almost all day. The lowest snap count was 78% mm -hmm. by McKenzie. Dawson Knox was on the field 70% of the time. Singletary was like 67%. Yeah. That worked. Leave your best players on the field and stop messing around with all these different combinations. And again, to your point, the no huddle, I think the Bills should keep doing that. I think Allen... When you get to the line of scrimmage with 20 seconds to go on the clock, that gives him time to look, mm -hmm. to process. And even if he's at the line, he still has to 15 seconds to hear Dable talking to him. Whereas, you know what I mean? Get up there, see what they're doing, 
and Dable could even keep talking to him till 15 seconds on the sh- on the uh, right. on the play clock. I think it's a great way for the Bills to attack. You're I saying, think they should keep doing you're it. You're saying that you can't, you know, again, these guys will, go, will talk around in circles and try to pull it back. Maybe it's gamesmanship. Drives me crazy talking to, you know, listening to Dable and, and McDermott. Uh, uh, game to game, week to week, all this stuff. Yeah, you know, really, what does it make sense? If this, if this is who we are, this is what we do well, these are what, you know, they're always talking about doing things to put their players in the best position to win. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if they always do that. I, <laughs> I don't think they really do. If they're going to dial things back, um, if they're not going to give, uh, you know, Singletary could have, he finally has a breakout game, and then the next game you don't see him at all. I mean, you know, th- those things drive me crazy. I mean, that's, and I think it drives most fans crazy. They're seeing things here. They go, why, why, why? <laughs> and, uh, hey, y- y- you know, I, I, this game, too, against Sal coming up, let them go do this. Let them get, re- get a feel for what they're doing well. Let them go. And especially defensively, now I will flip to that side of the ball. They, you know, finally seeing Tremaine Edmonds using this kid's athleticism, yeah. having him blitz. Oh, my God. They have a blitzing machine here, and instead for – a year and a half now, they, they, you, all you're seeing them is dropping back in coverage, yeah. like a six foot five de- a defensive back. I, mean, I would much rather see him going forward than <laughs> yes, backward, right? Absolutely. He's got great lateral movement side to side, but there's a time and a place for all that. He, he, let him go. Let him loose. I He's talk, a lot happier. I talked to him in the locker room, and I said, you must have had fun last week, didn't you? And he goes, you're damn right I did. Basically, he said, I loved it because he, he was blitzing, and yeah. they blitzed about... Him and Milano, what was it, 25 snaps or something? They were I forget what the number was. Uh, but they blitzed way more yes. than they ever usually do. Now, again, part of that reason, as I said before, was Miami. And they knew Miami wouldn't be able to handle it. So they needed yeah. to get pressure they on all, Fitz. And they, and they also had, though, but Fitz is a, a, is a veteran guy that can read blitzes. And, and he maybe, caught and, him a and, couple and, times. And he did catch him he a couple did. times. And if that one guy doesn't drop that, uh, that uh, the receiver on that long reception, that was a key play, a key turnover on the fumble there because Fitz had him going. Yeah. Um, so who knows? But, uh, you know, again, I want, you know, the, the, the defensive line, I know this, you, this drives you crazy too, all that rotation on the defensive line. <laughs> I, I looked like Von Miller for the, uh, you know, uh, talk about keeping your best players on the field. Von Miller plays 89, 90% of the snaps yep. for Denver. Um, he's 30 years old. It doesn't seem to affect him, although he's not having one of his typical monster years. Um, you know, Jerry Hughes, uh, the Bills' best pass rusher, he plays 67% of the snaps. Yep, I, it's I agree. a big gap there. Get him on the field. Let I him, mean, you know. They started rectifying that a few weeks ago. They stopped playing Daryl Johnson. He's active on game day. He does real well on special teams, but his snap counts have been in the single digits. So they have gone more to a three-man rotation on the ends between Lawson, Murphy, and you. So that's been good. And then in the D-tackle positions, they continue to do that a pretty heavy rotation. But now it's actually not a bad idea because Corey, Le- Corey Legion has come in. Yeah, he's, and he's, he's, you know, yeah. he's a veteran guy. They Giving had, him a little something. They had two, once Harrison Phillips went out, they had two guys that really, Kyle Pico and Vincent Tay, were really not legit guys you want to have playing 25, 30 snaps. They go sign this Corey Legit, who was a former first-round pick, and he's kind of given them a little bit of some juice in the middle. He's got three tackles in 11. Like, uh, I think Latule has 11 tackles all year. This guy's got three in like 30 snaps. Yeah. Plus he had a sack last week. Yeah. So they are doing more of it inside still, and I get why McDermott does it. You want fresh bodies, but, man, it does drive me crazy when you just had a timeout, the, the defense is taking the field, why isn't your first string line? Oh, it's time to rotate. Well, they just sat for 10 minutes. <laughs> Are you telling me they can't just come back out and play? That's the stuff that drives me crazy. And, and Muddy, I mean, and you got like Starla Toulier with this owner's contract. <clears throat> he's not even earning it, any of it. He's, you know, <laughs> you, you put him, uh, you know, he's 
I don't know what his snap percentages is, but he's they're not it's not high. No, um, I know. And Oliver finally, the rookie top pick, he finally had a bit of a, a breakout uh, last last week a little bit too. But everybody did. It was yeah, a, again. It's, again, you have to you make know that point every time we talk about. And that again, game. it's a big butt. I hate to keep doing that to the Bills. They they, they showed up and played a, a, a really. Uh, you know, solid game, what we've been talking about. Let, let's get back to those. So th- this is, this this block coming up, this is it. This is, it's November, December. Yep. And you got to win now. And it's as simple as that. And I was really, I was really happy to, uh, uh, listening to Josh Allen yesterday when he came out and said it's going to take 10 wins to yeah. make the playoffs. As I, as I wrote today, he probably yeah. got sent to the principal's <laughs> office, though, because McDermott doesn't like looking past an opponent. And both him and Lorenzo Alexander actually Put some context into it, like yeah, we it's November, December, we got to win these games. So they weren't they weren't totally looking ahead, but they kind of have an eye on what they have to do here moving down the stretch. Um, let's get a couple questions here, Leo. Why we got it? Matthew Ronkowski says it's all about catching the good matchup personnel wise and keeping them on the field. I like Croft, Knox, Singletary, Brown, and Beasley. Well, in that alignment, he's got him in a two tight end offense. I'm not sure I like two tight end because I think McKenzie. When he's on the field, he's a he's a he's not a great player by any stretch. He's an average receiver, but because he does all that mm-hmm. uh, the jet sweep type of thing, and then when they put him in motion, the guy runs like three miles a day in motion for the Bills. But that that moves the defense, and it helps Allen figure out what kind of coverage they're in. If, if they're moving with McKenzie, it shows that they're in man, so that helps the Bills as opposed to throwing Tyler Croft yeah. and Dawson Knox out there. Right now, if I'm the Bills. The alignment they use, as we said, McKenzie Brown and Beasley, and I would keep playing Dawson Knox. I like what that kid yeah. brings to the table. He had some drop problems early in the year. Uh, you know that that he's got to stop doing that. But I like what he brings. Tyra Croft to me, it just seems like he, he's never really caught up, Leo, because he missed so much off season. He missed the start of well the training camp, and then he missed the start of the regular season. I just don't know if we're ever going to see Tyra Croft at full speed this season. I, I think Dawson Knox is the best option. Well, at tight end. Knox is clearly their number one uh, tight end. I, I, they might say differently, but <laughs> the, the kid's got something. He's got great size. He, he runs. Like, he, you know, he'll get better as the, as, with his hands. He's a, maybe they, they found a kid there yeah. because they haven't had, you know, this has been a topic for years as well, no tight ends. No Don't tight know how end. to use them if they do get one and, and all that good stuff. So I, I, like, I like Knox a lot, like a lot of people do. and, and uh, yeah, Tyler Croft, you know, being a veteran, I thought he would have, you know, would, why would he be struggling this much? But back to using two tight ends, you know, when you have two, two, two tight ends in the game, and, this, you know, to the, to the viewer's uh, point, it, it is, you, you know, you, you're also, t- personnel does telegraph what you might be doing, right. too. And the key is there was sometimes maybe you can cross people up a little bit and, uh, but I don't know if, you know, two tight ends with the Bills, you know what they're going to be doing. Um, well, and also, you know, and it's, it's limited. It's, what do you got? You got Beasley and Brown. Believe me, you know, Brown can be covered, too. Believe me, this is a big test for Brown. You know, Brown had a great game, and, and, and he's, he's having a really good year for the Bills. But, you know, you know against, against these better defenses as well, it's, going to be, it's not going to be as easy no, two, by any means here. Two tight ends is great when one of the tight ends is Gronk, right? I mean, you've got a yeah. dominant guy, you get the other guy. But that's not the case with the Bills. They don't have... One of their tight ends is in a legit receiver. Right. That's neither one of these guys are dominant type players. I wouldn't want to go with two tight ends too often. I would prefer the three wides because yeah. they're more dangerous. You know, you talked about John Brown. He's having a great year. Um, he, he actually leads the AFC receivers, yeah, can, wide receivers in yards this year. He really snuck up on he, he it, did. all of a sudden there he was. So I mean, there's it's some, good to see. It's been so long. My God. He, he really has been a nice, a nice player for them. Everyone talks about 
the Bills don't have a true number one. And, and I will agree that John Brown probably isn't the prototypical number one, you know, Julio Jones type of guy. But you know what? He's playing like a number one for the Bills. He happens to be this team's number one, sort of by default. But the season he's given them, Leo, is kind of a number one type season. He's on pace, and I hate using the words on pace because you never know. But on pace for 1,300 yeah. yards, guess what? That's close to the Bills' all-time record. Yeah. So that's a hell of a season if he keeps going like this. I like John Brown too in the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's 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 not a diva. You know, he's oh he's not a diva. Nor boy. is he a good quote, Leo. No, he just <laughs> the man does not like talk to talk about just going about his business. He, yeah, he does. You know, you don't see a lot of <laughs> top receivers. That position just lends itself to the to the to the colorful, loud mouth. Uh, but the Bills, you know, even. Yeah, when you think about their history, other than the T.O. year, you know, most of the guys have been pretty. Yeah. You know, Andre could talk, but he wasn't. Lee Evans was never a, a diva. diva. Molds really wasn't they a diva. They weren't divas. They were. Well, you know, when those guys played, Leo, there weren't a whole yeah. lot of divas, at least especially at wide receiver. There yeah. were diva quarterbacks and running backs back in the day. The receivers, the, the Terrell Owens era. Over, yeah. Well, yeah, the Terrell Owens, Randy Moss era started, and that's when the divas <laughs> started. Now they're all divas. Uh, except for the guys who play for the Bills. No. He's got a tough matchup this week. I think Chris Harris is a really good cornerback. And I don't know, I don't know if Denver would shadow Brown. I would think they probably wouldn't, uh, but maybe they would. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll try to have Chris Harris lined up as often as they can. He's a good player, and they have good safeties on this team too. Yeah. I think they're fifth in the league in pass defense. Um, the Bills are third, so that gives you a good context of what Denver's doing against, against the pass. Um, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson are their safeties. And, and they've been pretty good. Now, they weren't good last week. They collapsed no. last week. They gave up they some blew big... A, blew a 20-point lead. And they gave up some big plays to Kirk Cousins in Minnesota in the second half. So we'll see how they bounce back from that. But the Bills you know, may have an opportunity in this game to take some shots. Uh, and wouldn't that be lovely if they could finally hit a deep shot? They still haven't hit one this year. Before you ask, the 40-yard touchdown to John Brown, the ball traveled 23 yards. So it doesn't count in that over 30 in the air Stat that Brett and I think Allen I guess it counts in the big, the big play stat though. Stat, right? It counts 20, as a 40, twenty yards, right? It counts as a so, twenty and a yeah. forty yard gain. But Josh not, was uh, Josh was uh, uh, given uh, given the media a little nut back he yesterday. Was, he was funny. He goes, "Does that one count, guys? Because uh, yeah. for the big play, I guess yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it counts as a big play. But it was but good it, run after catch, and Brown doesn't have a lot of big run after catch. Well, and that's either. another. I, I, I raised that point last yeah. week. That's one of the problems with this Buffalo passing offense, and, and it's a specific weakness of Josh Allen. He has not been a good quarterback at throwing, throwing receivers open. open. And what that means is that the guy's not quite open. He's going into his break, and he's about to get open, and the idea is to get him the mm-hmm. ball as he's getting open. Then he can catch it and make a play. Too often, the receivers will run the route, and Allen is either off target or late delivering the ball, and all the guy can do is make the catch and he gets tackled right there. It's happened all season yeah. long. Last week, there were some plays. Cole Beasley had a good one after catch Dawson Knox, and the touchdown was a good one. And then the John Brown 40-yard touchdown, yeah. um, I counted it because I the saw one down the sideline. 17 yards of after the catch. That, was a, nice, um, that was a nice throw. That was a really good throw. He's only <laughs> had two games all year. The first game against the Jets, it was only, it was only a 200-yard game. And then this game where he had over 40 yards of yards after catch. Yeah. So a lot of Brown's yardage has come just on the route itself, and the Bills need to be better in that. The big plays, the chunk plays come when your quarterback is on time with the ball and he puts it in a place where you could actually do something with it. That's one of the things that Josh Allen's got to work on. Allen is third in the NFL with 20 combined touchdowns, I think, running and passing. I mean, if you want to start 
you know, and a lot of people say, boy, he's really under the microscope getting picked apart. Well, yeah, because he's, you know, number one pick. He's, he's one of the emerging quarterbacks in this league. And I, I, I think it's good that people are analyzing him closely. And not a lot of people are sold yet. It's kind of, but you look at the, you look at what he's starting to put together, Sal. Yeah. By the end of this year, he's going to be improved in all the categories. And I tell you what, the running ability there is not to be dismissed. He does. No. He can. He's go, a threat. He can take off and he can find that pylon as well. He really has got a knack for that. I think he's, um, you know what, I think he's doing just fine. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, we, we pick apart his game because he's the number seven overall pick and there are clear things he needs to work on. And like I said, I think one of the biggest, I mean, the deep ball accuracy, it, it sucks that he can't hit one, which, you know, you need chunk plays, but if he just improved, continues mm-hmm. to improve on the intermediate stuff, that's where his, that's where the biggest leap is going to happen with Allen. If he can get better at that stuff where you're moving the chains and sustaining drives, those are the plays that are really the most important. Again, it's great to hit a 70 yard touchdown because you do need a few drives where you're not killing yourself for 13 and 14 plays. Too many bad things can happen on 13 or 14 plays that can derail mm-hmm. you, whereas a big chunk play gets it done quick. But if he continues to be better, and he's now gone 163 games or, 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 or throws without making an interception, that's progress. So keep doing that. Just stop missing the five-yard pass. The well, one that's the, right th- First yeah. and 10, you've got seven free yards, and he throws it behind the guy. Now you're in second and 10. It changes right. things. His five, the five-yarder and the 85-yarder. Uh, yeah. He's got to <laughs> really, figure those two but things But he's out. really strong in that middle part. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I tell you what, that's where, the, that's where the yards are coming. Those are chunk plays. You could you know, sell 15, 20-yard passes. I mean, we'll take those any day. Uh, I agree. And, and clutch plays and those sideline throws and power throws. You really can power it through a lot of things. Um, I think it's going to... You know, you get bad. We haven't mentioned Beasley much, but I'm still, you know, this might be the week where Beasley, you know, I mean, they, get, they got good safeties. They got the corner. He, he may be able to work in that, that middle area. I've and, said it all year. Get a lot of, I thought you might have see, that 10 catch game. I thought we'd see more of those. Yeah. I, I really thought he was going to be the favorite guy, not John Brown. Maybe that's coming. Um, he's going to Dallas next week, so maybe he'll save yeah. his big game for going back <laughs> home. That'd be they fun. They could use that one because that's could. not going to be easy. Um, a, couple, a couple comments here. Seth Missel says Croft will continue to get more involved in this offense. That's, that might be true. I mean, like we, we talked about earlier, I think it's been a struggle for him to get ingrained in the offense. He missed so much time. But he's played, I think he's been back, what, five or six games now? Yeah. Something like that. So I think he's starting to get his feet wet in the offense. Made a couple catches last week, I think. So that could be. I mean, they did pay him three years, $18 million. They do expect him to be part of the offense. Dawson Knox is making <laughs> minimum wage. So I think they, they would like Croft to get involved and be the guy. But right now, I think Dawson Knox is just the better player. Um, Seth also says he likes, he thinks John Brown's been great this year, but he also says we need a Mike Evans-type re- receiver as our number one. Well, you know, a lot of teams would like to have Mike Evans on their I team. Agree with he's one of the best sa- in the league. I agree with what he's saying, though. They, 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 need, that, they need that really tall matchup winner, red zone guy. Well, you know, the fans thought they ball. had it in Duke Williams. Yeah, I know. And, fans uh, thought they had it there with Duke Williams. Well, Duke Williams, Robert Foster, right? Those are supposed to be the, the field structures, and it's just not happening. Well, but, not Duke uh, Williams. Duke Williams was the, the tall, well, yeah, tall, red zone type yeah. guy. Foster was supposed to be the speed. Well, and John Brown was supposed to be the speed guy downfield as well, but he's proven to be a much more complete receiver. He is. He is. I, I'm surprised, though, that I, and I know he's been inaccurate on these. So I am surprised they haven't gone deep to Brown more. They really haven't tried yeah. many shots to John. If you, if you broke it down... He hasn't always been the target that he they're hasn't trying been to the go guy. deep. 
So I don't and know. That, I mean, and that's been his career. That has been what he's done great so, all his career. So you wonder why they haven't it up, done they're it. They're setting it up. So setting you think it up. so? <laughs> they're, they're saving it for the good teams coming up here. Hey, that yeah. might that might not be a bad idea. Why waste got, it? You know, he's not on. There's nothing on film on him. And why waste it on the on the Bengals or the Dolphins? I guess first, that makes sense. First play Sunday is a bomb. All right, that's all right. it'll be five I, yards on the thrown, and it'll be second and ten then. Um, all right, so real quick, we'll wrap up. Um, as I've I said this really since the start of the year, there were certain games on the schedule that the Bills, they have to win. This is one of them. I, I kind of figured Denver would be this type of team this year. They, brought, they got Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco is not going to win you anything. So he goes out of the lineup. Now they got Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen is pretty much a nobody, Leo. He's been <laughs> around the league for like four years. He's been a career backup. He's finally getting a chance to play. And I really don't have a whole lot of faith that he's going to come in here and do a whole lot against the Bills' defense. So this is one of the games that they absolutely have to get. It doesn't matter in terms of any tiebreakers that the important game there is going to be, I think, with the Steelers later on in December. But they got to start stacking wins, Leo. And this is one they can't afford to let get away because absolutely of not. what they're facing in the next four weeks. Well, it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, you got to uh, beat the Broncos, they got to beat the Steelers, and they got to beat the Jets. Yep. <laughs> and your... everyone's laughing about the Jets. That'll yeah. be a tough, tough it, game. It'll be a tough game. Yeah, and, it will be. Um, it, so there's your three wins. The, you know, and if you, do, if, you drop, you know, if, you drop, if you drop this Broncos game and you're looking at trying to win that next stretch, it's going to be really <laughs> tough. And I'll tell you what, some of these other teams – in the AFC are coming up in the wild card picture. Yeah. It's gonna, you don't wanna be in that 9-7 mess. It's no. gonna be, that would be, uh, you know, the Bills got the 9-7 two years ago and got the breaks to get in. Took a miracle the 9-7 this time might not happen. So. And, and, the, and the thing is that they're actually, of the teams they would have to worry about in that scenario, they're one and one. They beat the Titans, who I think could be in that nine and seven range. Mm -hmm. And the Browns have a really easy schedule they, after two and six, yeah. they might find themselves in this thing, and they lost to the Browns. So that's what I'm saying. The Steelers game, depending on what happens the next few weeks with them, because they, they their offense is terrible. They may not be in it come December 15th. Yeah. But if they are, the Bills, that's another one that you have to get for tiebreaker purposes. Well, it's high. I mean, you're going down you know, in December in Pittsburgh. I, mean, I don't care who, who the a tough game. Is. I, I know. You, you know, a 70-year-old Terry Bradshaw would give them. Their defense that's is gonna be really hard. good. Um, that's going to be hard. And it's uh, Mike Tomlin. I'm going to tell you what, I, you know, great respect for the Steelers. I, don't, I know. An off year for them is really, it, they're always going to play hard. They're going to play, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's not an easy win by any means. That's going to be really hard. So the Bills, yeah, you, you like – it's all Josh Allen talked about yesterday. We got, we got seven wins. We're focused on eight. And they we got can, it. That's uh, how they have to go. We can close on this question by Jamel Moore. What do you think the chances are of them winning the division? I, I don't think they have a chance. I think New England will. We're talking about the Bills yeah. trying desperately to get to 10 wins. I guarantee you the Patriots are going to go past 10. They've already got nine. So I think the Bills are out of the division race unless something crazy happens with the Patriots, which it won't. So they're not winning the division, which is why we're doing so much talking about these wild card scenarios. That's where the Bills are going to be yeah. in. They're going to be in a mix with about five teams, but he's a great and there's only two spots available. Yeah, but he makes a great point. Boy, if you could win the division, well, that would be wonderful. But it's never been the case when you're in the AFC East for anybody. It's always yeah. you know, dominated for two decades by the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So they've, they've failed yeah, they're gonna, one year, right? In, in yeah. the time that Brady's been there, it's been once. Yeah, 2008 when he was out I, the whole I year. I think my, Miami took it, right? Yeah, Miami um, yeah, won it that um, year. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to be at 11-12, even if they're just whatever. They're not. They're not blowing teams away anymore. But, you know, they're. Yeah, it's, it, it's a nice thought, and I and I would. That's the one way to do it. 
some of these other divisions, yeah, it's always who's going to win the division because that would be the way to do it and, 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 and you know, even get that by if you could. But, Not yeah, no, it's, it's a wild card. It's wild card time for the Bills, and that's where their focus has to be. And they can't drop the games they're supposed to. And this is Sunday's one of them. It is. All right, we're going to sign off. We'll be there Sunday afternoon at New Era Field for a, a game the Bills really need. So we hope you're there. We hope you enjoyed our coverage. And uh, for Leo, I am Sal. Have a great weekend, everybody.